Hello, and welcome to episode 74 of Black Girl Squeak, the podcast where we celebrate black femme genius with a squeak. I'm your co-host, Didi, my girl by Dust Daughter on social media. And I am your co-host, Enda. I am Enda's Corner on the Twitters. Together we're black, at Black Girl Squee on Twitter, at Gmail, and uh, searching in your favorite podcatcher. Just search for Black Girl Squee, and you should find us. So, um, as a reminder can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, any other podcatcher except for Spotify and probably Stitcher. Uh, you can also you can add us to different places using our RSS feed that can be found at blackgirlsquee.simplecast.com. Uh, also a reminder that we have a spoiler policy and that we tend to spoil shit that we talk about on the show. And we're not sorry because we're warning up front. <laughs> so, um, warning, probably spoilers for Pose this episode. Yeah. I mean, we've been talking about it for <laughs> three weeks in a row. Three, three episodes in a row, but uh, we don't talk about it again. Um, also, we squeal real loud. Um, hint, it's in the name of the show. And we cuss a lot. That's not in the name of the show. Uh, and we talk about dick. That's also not in the name of the show. But if you've listened once or twice, you know the deal by now. Uh, also, we're not sorry. So nope. if there's if there isn't anything else to talk about, we shall move on to our squeeworthy news. Minda. Alright, so today we're starting off with a really, really huge squee, as you may have heard. Lashana Lynch will be the new 007 in the Bond 25 film. Uh, Apparently the script was rewritten by Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who you may know from Killing Eve and Fleabag. A lot of people like those shows. Um... Also, this is going to be Daniel Craig's last film as Bond. Because they are about to to move on to a new Bond. But it's still unclear as whether that's actually going to be Lashana Lynch. Because she's... Well, we all know that they've already leaked it. Because they didn't want us to get too excited. Because, you know, heaven forbid we enjoy anything. That she's the new 007. But she's... Of course, she's not Bond. But apparently she's looking for him to get out of retirement or something like that. So we got to, you know, keep a keep an eye out on how she's portrayed in here. But anyway, she's going to play Nomi. And she will be the, she's the the new uh, code name 007. So I'm actually really pretty excited about that. And of course, this is the one that Carrie Fukunaga is directing. 
And I do believe Naomi Harris and Jeffrey Wright will be returning for this one too, because they've they've been in the in previous Bond films, and you know, in this since Daniel Craig has been a Bond, they've they've been in um, they've gotten involved in the franchise. So looking forward to that. And so for Lashana Lynch as the new 007, we give a big Next up, Janelle Monet is set to star in season two of Amazon's Homecoming. Uh, so in season two, she will uh, replace uh, Julia Roberts as the uh, lead actor in the show. I think <laughs> Julia Roberts is going to um, step back and produce or, or, um, the show. Uh, so... Um, you know, this is not uh, Janelle's first time acting. Of course, you've seen her in Moonlight and Hidden Figures, and she was in some movie about the the women of Marwan or something like that. Something with Steve Carell. Anyways, you know, yeah. she's she's <laughs> uh, keeping her SAG card um, updated, and uh, yeah. <laughs> so to Janelle Monae, we give a big. Alright, so up next, this was actually something I really, really wish I could go see this. Amber Riley and MJ Rodriguez are going to be in the new production of Little Shop of Horrors. And so what they say is that Riley and Rodriguez are going to lead a reimagined production at the Pasadena Playhouse in California. And this is the thing, MJ Rodriguez is going to play Audrey and Emma Riley is going to be the voice of Audrey too. And if you know anything about Little Shop of Horrors, I believe Audrey is the plant, the, the flesh-eating plant. <laughs> so I really, really wish I could see that. But yeah, glad to, um, first of all, glad to see that both of these ladies are on stage. You know, they're both actors and singers. And that sounds like it would be fun. You know, because I know the film, like the 80s film from like 86, that kind of has a real kind of a cult following among black girls because of Tisha Campbell now in it. And so I really do kind of want to see how they're going to redo this one. But it's on stage. It's in California. So we just have to cheer them on from wherever we are on the sidelines. So to MJ Rodriguez and Amber Riley, we give a big Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Couldn't even get the squee out. <laughs> All right. Um, speaking of exciting, um, Marvel had a lot of exciting news uh, at San Diego Comic Con uh, the other weekend. Um, they announced a very ambitious slate for Phase Four, which is going to have uh, a ridiculous number of movies and TV shows happening mm-hmm. in the span of two years. Um, mm-hmm. We'll we'll see if it all works out um, like that, or if some stuff gets pushed back. But uh, what we do know uh, that is related to this show 
is that uh, Tiana Paris will play Monica Rambeau on Disney Plus's Wonder Vision show. Um, And now it's both that is supposed to be a show about um, Scarlet Witch and Vision, played by Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany. And I don't know what. Uh, Monica Rambo has to do with them, but um, uh, she, Paris will play um, an adult version of Monica Rambo. Um, uh, most people last saw uh, her as a child um, in the movie Captain Marvel. And most audiences saw Tiana Paris last in Barry Jenkins' classic If Beale Street Could Talk. Um, so, uh, to Tiana Paris, we give a big squeeze! Get them checks, girl. Get that Marvel money. <laughs> All right. Okay, and in more Marvel news in Phase 4, we also found out at um, San Diego Comic-Con that Valkyrie will be the MCU's first LGBTQ superhero. Yeah. And so during the um, Marvel Studios panel at the Comic-Con, Tessa Thompson said of Valkyrie, first of all, as new king, she needs a new queen. So I guess that was the confirmation there. And Kevin Feige, <coughs> excuse me, who's... Um, actually kind of behind while we started getting all of like Black Panther and you know um, Taika Waititi is behind throwing all of that he said that Valkyrie will have a queer storyline in the next Thor sequel and it's going to be called Thor Love and Thunder so I'm kind of ready to you know at least with him we started seeing more expansion of this universe and it's been more inclusive and Starting to get, you know, people of color as leads for these films. Because they've been, like, really popular characters. And, you know, thank goodness we got Black Panther. And so, we'll talk about something else we're getting later. Because, I mean, come on, got got to. But um, that's, that's in a different segment. So, for now, we will give Tessa Thompson and Valkyrie and everyone excited about the new phase of MCU... A really big I think we also have Nate Moore to thank for a lot of the inclusion in mm-hmm. um, the MCU because um, without mm-hmm. him we wouldn't have gotten uh, Sam Wilson as the Falcon and uh, mm-hmm. Captain mm-hmm. America Winter Soldier and he yes. was a big part of uh, what we got at um, with Black Panther, um, well, he he was the one that was introducing more uh, people of color to the MCU in the first few phases when it was Lily Lily White. Yes. So um, well, then, yes, give him a shout out. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, I, I, if anybody deserves the credit for um, a more diverse MCU, it is definitely Nate Moore. Well, um, thank you, Nate Moore. Thank you. So, um, and also, um, not related. Give Shuri a show or a movie. What? Give Shuri a show or a movie. 
<laughs> said, now give Shuri a show or a movie. Please. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows what how the division of power went down. Um, uh, I guess we'll see in Black Panther 2 whenever that comes out. Um, yep. Because Infinity War and Endgame fucked up a whole lot of stuff for Wakanda. So we'll Ooh. see what the fallout's going to be. Man. <laughs> Those two movies are so yeah, fucking messy. Let's just messy. close our borders again. Let's just close these borders again because y'all ain't worth it. <laughs> so, I would be. Y'all killed my man T'Challa close. a second time. That that dude just got finished dying in his own damn movie, and y'all killed him again. <laughs> like, and and in the oh last movie he was in, y'all killed his daddy. Like, goddamn, can he get a break? Can T'Challa get a break? Um, okay. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I know, I know. So, um, Emmy no- nominations also um, came out. Um, while I was posting the last episode, like, I can't keep up with all the black girl news. So, um, <laughs> so we're just going to have to do it now. And, uh, you know, who knows what's going to happen Um by the time that I post this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Emmy nominations came out and um, there was a lot of love for uh, Ava DuVernay's uh, When They See Us. There was a mm-hmm. little bit of love for Pose, but not enough. Um, uh, and a little bit of love for uh, Homecoming, a film by Beyonce. Hmm. So I'll quickly run through the nominations. Anjanou Ellis and Nisi Nash were nominated for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series or Movie for When They See Us. Uh, Marsha Stephanie Blake was nominated in Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Limited Series for playing Linda McRae, who was Antron McRae's mother in When They See Us. Um, Pose was nominated for Outstanding Drama Series, which means that mm-hmm. Janet Mock uh, is is uh, among the nominees as one of the producers of the show. Yay. And also Stephen Canals, who created the show, and is also an ex- executive producer. So, shout out to him. Um, Viola Davis is nominated for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Drama Series for uh, How to Get Away with Murder. I'm counting this as her widow's nomination. Um, and Sandra O oh is again nominated for Killing Eve. So um, Sandra O oh is a noted Viola Davis stan. So just had to mm-hmm. shout out to her. Um, yep. For having good taste. And I know, right? Laverne Cox is nominated for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama Series for Orange is the New Black. She is sadly the only trans actress nominated for this whole Emmy um, Emmy year. And we'll talk about that more later. Uh, Cicely Tyson and Felicia Rashad are nominated in the same category for um, How to Get Away with Murder and This Is Us. Aww. And Ava DuVernay um, 
is nominated for Outstanding Directing for a Limited Series Movie or Dramatic Special for When They See Us, which is one of the 16 nominations that When They See Us did receive, along with Outstanding Limited Series and um, uh, Outstanding Lead Actor in a Limited Series for Jarrell Jerome. Yay. Much deserved. I hope he wins. I hope I didn't uh, jinx it, but he deserves. I know, but I doubt it. Um, Mahershala Ali is also nominated in True Detective, and he deserves because he 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 was great in um, season three of True Detective. But um, they, yeah, he 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 might not he might not get it because. They gave uh, Game of Thrones a rack of nominations they did not deserve, and it's clogging up all of the categories. Yeah. Like, they're <laughs> one of the main reasons that um, uh, there weren't enough nominations to go around for the actresses in Pose. They're one of the reasons. So, um, tangent. Uh, <laughs> But back to the nominations, Wanda Sykes is nominated for Outstanding Writing for a Variety Special. And Beyonce gets six nominations for Homecoming. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. good for her. Yeah. So to all of these women, we give a big squeeze! Huh? I'm just really, really mad because Alfred Woodard did not get nominated for Luke Cage and she should have. She for real should have. She's and nominated I'm, in your heart because you saw that you saw that movie fifty eleven times. Like literally. I, I still watched that movie fifty eleven times. <laughs> but even though I could have seen I could have seen it for her with comedy for that one, she should have got one for Luke Cage. She really, I mean, in one fucking monologue alone, she gave a master class in acting. I mean, that was it right there. That shit had me shook. It still got me shook. And it was last year. So, yeah, y'all dropped the ball. Not not giving out for her things. And I'm not going to forgive y'all for that. So, okay. All right. Okay. It's tension over. All right, and with that, we will take a trip to In This Corner, where she can (laughs) rent and rave at her leisure. Take it away. (laughs) Okay, so a couple of days ago, Lizzo and Missy finally dropped the video for Tempo. So you need your happy big black girl um, squad stuff going? Go check out that video. I mean, they dropped that song a, a few weeks ago, but... I actually didn't know if they were going to do a video, but they did. They delivered. So, yay. Thank you. Yeah, I think Lizzo was on tour, so she didn't really have time um, yeah. to do it. Oh, yeah. Right as the, the song dropped. But and she, she also, had a little bit of time, and she gave us a video. And she, she also us. did a did a Tiny Desk concert. So, that, it's either... Still waiting up, on that. But yeah, it's either... Talk about that. It's either coming up this week... Or well, I mean not this week, but you know this upcoming week or like the week after that is soon. It's been months since you recorded that. Like what the hell? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, also, uh, 
young lady i just keep being more impressed with her every day all the time I, it's like me watching my niece grow up and i'm just so proud of her but willow smith y'all we know her simply as willow because that's the name she goes by and when she's recording she released a new project just called willow it's um it's ep size i think they said it was an album but it's ep size and it's it's good from you know beginning to beginning to end. It's got a really smooth out mellow Chardé vibe, and she knows how to work it. You know that that girl. She's like eighteen, nineteen, and just really. I, I really kind of hate saying about a black little girl, but really kind of wise beyond her years. And like, because like I usually feel odd listening to somebody her age, but I didn't feel odd listening to this at all. I just really, really enjoy this album. Something I want to sit with some more. and But definitely check it out because it is really good. That girl just knows what she's doing with her music. So you got to give her that. And also, uh, Ethiopian singer Esther Awake just released a new project called Chua. I think that's how it's pronounced. I hope. I'm very sorry if it is not because... I really hate getting pronunciations wrong for people from out of the African continent because if, yeah. But anyway, uh, you can check that out if you're interested. And I also wanted to mention um, Mercury Awards uh, nominations came out. and There were like a few black women nominated for the Nao got nominated. Uh, Little Sims got nominated. Another black lady, I forget who it was. I forgot to put it right in front of me. But she also got nominated, so that's a really huge prize over in the UK. I think it comes with like a really, a really a substantial monetary prize, and so they um, all got nominated. So I'll be talking about, <coughs> excuse me, that some more on the other show because I definitely want to give them that recognition. And also, if you keep up with the Newport Folk Festival, both the Dia Victoria and Yola have played sets there, and. I don't know if they're available. I don't know if um, any video is available, but I think you can find audio of those performances if you want to um, catch up with them because they usually actually don't disappoint either. So that's um, that's um, what's happening in music right now. And yeah, you can find me actually playing some of this music on the Black Swan Collective, and I have that show over on Mixcloud. That's um, uh, mixcloud.com slash andalorn if you're interested alright uh, again that is the Black Swan Collective and mm-hmm. also Inda has a collection of audio essays that she's that she calls Inda's Corner um, hint I stole the name of this segment <laughs> from her <laughs> so Sight black women. So, <laughs> so um, that is on mixcloud.com slash indalorn. That is mixcloud.com slash I N D A L A U R Y N. Thank you. All right. Uh, so now we're we're leaving in this corner, but we're we're running toward the print. Mm. So, uh, Enda, yes. <laughs> yeah, Enda, you can, you can hear Enda lean right up on the mic. <laughs> yes, 
yes, I am interested now. I'm back in this. <laughs> um, <laughs> you have my full attention. Uh, it is time for Enda's favorite segment, which is This Weekend at Brent. And we're going to honor um, a another actor who um, was part of that grand unveiling of Phase 4 uh, at San Diego Comic-Con. Uh, Mr. Simo Liu, who is an actor uh, seen in Kim's Convenience. Uh, you can find that show on Netflix. And we'll soon, um, well, in the next year or so, we'll soon be seen in Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, Simo is a Chinese-Canadian actor. And a year ago, he tweeted Marvel about playing Shang-Chi. And now, he's got the lead role. So, just a lesson to shoot your shot. Yes. Yes. So, Simu, my number is 202. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to learn my lessons. How about your girl, <laughs> Yes, like you said, um, I have loved him ever since I started watching Kim's Convenience. He is so good on that show. I love it because he's, because his character is kind of dim, but he's just really kind. And, you know, he, he's just, and apparently he was a troublemaker. And there's just, there was a really good storyline with him, you know, and his dad, you know, hadn't spoken in years because of, you know, all of that because he'd been a jail and so there were there was kind of tension between them and so it's been really fun to watch that that storyline play out with the two of them trying to you know rebuild a relationship and but i'm like when they announced he not only was he in the new marvel film he's the lead and i'm i'm gonna save my um gonna save my entry for this week of that print for next time because somebody else in the film is just um, what really got my attention and playing the villain but gonna congratulate Simu, Simu for this one because I, I still just saw couldn't believe I said like he just literally tweeted okay you know holla at me I want to play this role and then like when it finally got announced he retweeted he quote tweeted it and was like well then <laughs> <laughs> wow, it works. Yeah, wow. So I'm and, like, that and, was great. He, didn't, he, he doesn't even have two Oscars to his name. No. Oh, so, speaking of you which, know, that's that's big. That's 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 big boy news. That's 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 the way to yes. do it. Yes. But I I'm mean, glad I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because I mean he's we've already mentioned him twice in this segment. But the really really big news out of Comic Con. We we have to we're gonna um, give our um, um, give give our uh, our um, black girl squeeze bump bump here. Our new blade is none yes. other than Mahershala mm-hmm. Ali. Hmm. Hmm. Mahershala, two time Oscar winner. I'm I'm calling all the shots now. Yes. <laughs> Deal with it, Ali. that man won a second oscar in three years and said uh get kevin feige on the phone yeah 
I want to be Blade. Uh, I, I, I want to be Blade. I will be Blade. Yes. Get him on the phone. <laughs> um, y'all, y'all done fucked around and gave him. Oh, y'all, do you? Y'all may not think the Oscars mean anything, but he's making it. He's turning. He's turning nothing into something right here. Yes. Yeah. So shout out to and, him. Yeah. He's calling the shots. He is his own agent. Uh, <laughs> he's staying booked and busy. Yes. On his own, he should give himself ten percent because <laughs> he's doing work right now. Yes. Child, they said black goth. We about to have the most difficult times. That we ain't we ain't gonna be able to find black leather stuff for months now because everybody gonna buy all the black leather stuff to show up at the premiere. Just, but you know what I'm here for it here for it I just, I just love the just the the like he he ha- he gives no fucks now he's like mm-hmm. I'm 40 something years old I got two Oscars if I want these lead roles I have to take them yes and please yes take take all the roles Marshall. I'm done I'm done with the supporting shit yep I feel you Okay. Anyway, so shout out to Simu. Shout out to um, the other actor that I know you want to name, but I guess you're saving for next time. Yeah. Who will also be in Shang-Chi. Yes. Shout out to him and Mm -hmm. uh, with his fine ass. Very fine. And (laughs) (laughs) shout out to Don Lee, who's going to be in The Eternals. Um, Yes. Oh, the so, other, the, who's the other, uh, an Indian guy. Brian also. Tyree Henry, who's also going to be in the Eternals. Yes. So he already was in Oscar award winning Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Aww. And now he's in the MCU proper. So get them checks, Brian Tyree Henry. Yes. I look forward yes. to seeing you on my movie screen. Yes. <laughs> Chill fine ass. Anyway. Um, yes. So yeah, we got we gave you like three, four times the print. Oh yes. <laughs> this episode. Yes. Just all the print. Yes. And just loving it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so now we gotta get into these fades. Uh well I can I can start. You can, can Yeah, because I got the last ones. one. Yeah. Okay, so, as we were saying before, not one of the trans actresses on Pulse got nominated for the Emmys. You also mentioned either Susan Kelechi Watson got snubbed for This Is Us, and like I also said before, Alfred Woodard did not get her nod for Luke Cage. And or Juanita. Or Juanita. And y'all, that's criminal. It is so criminal. I said before, Pose is like one of the best shows like ever. I mean, definitely within like the past 10 years or so. That show is so good. It is so important and just so significant. And it's well done, you know. It's not, you know, just like they put, you know, these Latinx, you know, these black Latinx, you know, in any old show. That show was done with so much care and so much love, you know. 
and for it to keep getting overlooked like this and the people who were given, you know, everything they got and you know, and these were like most they were like mostly new. You know, they they weren't like really huge names. And for them to do so much with that and make what they did out of it and mm-hmm. y'all keep snubbing them, that's just fucked up and criminal. It really is. Yeah, to 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 look at a show like Pose, which is about black and brown trans women their stories are are the ones that are um, supposed to be at the forefront and they are at the yes. forefront of the show yes. but for you to overlook that to only nominate the one cis uh, gay man yes uh, as deserving as he is and y'all know yes. I love I love yes. me some Billy Porter. Yes. What it, I mean, Absolutely. what's not to love? The man's talented. Yes. The man is, don't give a fuck no more. He is just Truly. authentically himself. Yes. But for you to nominate him, but not nobody else on the show, not nobody else. I'm talking no nomination for MJ Rodriguez, no in- nomination for Angelica Ross, no nomination for India Moore. Exactly. No nomination for Janet Mock for writing and directing. I mean, her 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 nomination is among the group of producers mm-hmm. for the show, which is mostly, mm-hmm. uh, mostly guys. Yeah. And yeah, for you to to just ignore. All of those trans women, all those trans people, um, to nominate the one cis guy. That is criminal. Like Inda said, it's, 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 it's bordering on criminal. And you're going to use the excuse of nominating all these fuck ass people from Game of Thrones for this fuck ass season, final season. You're using that as your excuse. So, when you can't nominate Game of Thrones next year, I'm gonna see what the what it really is. Yep. Mm-hmm. And if you tr- if you pull this bullshit again, you're just gonna be on this fade again. Um, you're just gonna be catching more fades. Yep. Um, and you deserve it. Um, y'all gonna hide behind this this fuck ass dragon show one more season. That's all you got this year. But season two, y'all gonna have to y'all gonna have to show and prove. And the fact y'all are that on some bullshit, every- and everybody sees it. Everybody yeah. fucking sees it. But the fact that everybody, even people who loved that show, saw this last season and knew it was not deserving. It they they just knew. And I mean, wow. Like. Y'all love rewarding white me- mediocrity. Y'all really do. Love it. Love it. Absolutely adore it. They love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, you know, we've said before, you know, these establishment awards, you know, it's it's not really about being accepted, you know, into this mainstream. It's but that recognition really is important because it 
and like you're just talking about with Mahershala, it can open doors for marginalized people who may not, you know, otherwise, you know, you may not know their name, you know, otherwise, or, you know, you don't know their work otherwise. And they need that, you know, they need that. They need that to open up other opportunities. And, you know, because in a lot of cases, you'll see some of them, they'll start producing stuff for other people or, you know, start producing projects they really want to work in and stuff like that. They they need that recognition. And also just because they are doing really good work and they need to be, you know, rewarded for that. And I would not feel any type of way about these snubs if I knew they were going to get some recognition at the BET Awards or the NAACP yes. Image Awards, mm-hmm. but they're not. Yep. Yeah, they fucking up and on we that one and too. we got on those awards just mm-hmm. last episode or so um, mm-hmm. for for their bullshit. Yep. So it's like it's like y'all leave y'all leaving these women just out in the cold. Yep. Um, and they're so out here giving us you can't shit. you can't get recognition from the mainstream and you can't get recognition from your own like. You know, I don't even think they're getting recognition from, like, quilt bag organizations either. Like, GLAAD Awards. I mean, I think there's something here and there, but I don't think as far as, like, the actors. Or, I don't think, like, the acting and that stuff is recognized. I think they're still kind of doing the same thing. They're glomming on to Billy Porter and maybe, you know, the male writers. The gay male writers and stuff like that, too. So they just cannot catch a fucking break anywhere. So, yeah. So, um, fuck y'all for that. Uh, um, NPR music is on my damn nerves. (laughs) If you listen to their podcasts, it's a whole panel of white people talking about music. If they happen to have a hip-hop artist or a R&B artist that has a new release they might bring in a black correspondent to talk about that one album of course uh last time I almost last time I would listen to all songs considered I almost threw my phone out the car because one of the hosts said um, that the real story behind Old Town Road is not this queer black man who got a beat off of one of these beat making sites and made um, a record breaking number one song out of it. The real story behind Old Town Road is Billy Ray Cyrus. I almost threw my fucking phone out of the window. Because the way that NPR music the way that NPR in general and NPR music in particular loves to center whiteness gets on my fucking nerves. Okay. I will say, as far as like the podcasts are concerned, I only listen to alt-Latino. But this is disappointing because I actually do find like a lot of really good music you know from you know 
the the Twitter um, account because you know they 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 post some good stuff every once in a while, but it's also like this is why I cannot like regular <laughs> regularly um listen to them, you know, because they because yeah that type of fuck shit is going to eventually happen, and also I think it was just yesterday they fired one of their um writers she's a metal artist goes by the name grim kelly but i forget what name i don't i forget what name she writes under but she got fired because people were complaining about her being too left-leaning yeah so yeah they are just fucking up big time and And also like their pop culture podcast is a panel of white people it's like everything, all all their, so much of their culture stuff is mediated by white people. It's like they they feel like oh 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 this 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 culture shit is too spicy. We need some white people to like Ugh. you know water it down for mainstream audiences. And it's just. It, it blows my mind because you've got this white ass um, radio conglomerate um, in black ass Chocolate City. Um, it's not, I mean, in black ass DC. Right. Um, it, it, it's not it as is. black as it used to be, but. Yeah. But <laughs> goddamn it, it really should. It, sh- it shouldn't be as white as all this. But um, yeah. Fucking BR. Wait. When I'm the not whole tired of their thing, bullshit. When the whole thing with the the people complaining about the go-go music being played at the store, did they even acknowledge that was happening? Oh, with the go uh, don't mute DC. Yeah. Did they even no. acknowledge that? No. That's in your backyard. No, you have to you have to go to you have to go to WAMU, which, funny enough, is American Universities public wow. radio station <laughs> wow okay yeah and and, wow. and and the only reason why it's talked about on amu is because coach onamdi is there wow okay see that's how you know coach onamdi <laughs> started out at whur recognize so um but yeah yeah npr ain't talking about that shit okay yeah, um, that would be right. talking about that. That would be like airing themselves out. They're not going to do that. Yeah, they're a bunch of gentrifiers. They're not going to speak on gentrification. Yep. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Why would they do that? That would be yeah. like slapping themselves on the wrist. That w- they're not going to do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, fuck, oh, fuck them. I could go on all day, but you know we we gotta finish this, this show. So I can finish <laughs> seeing my um, team Deladon get whooped by Team Wilson. <laughs> this All Star game is giving me fits. I should not be this stressed during the All Star game. Um, but real quick, um, there's been some critiques about the absence of East African artists from uh, the album. The Lion King, The Gift. Um, and they're valid. 
Mm-hmm. And the comments uh, from dark-skinned women of color about the song Brown Skin Girl are valid. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first listened to that song, I thought it was kind of weird that a light-skinned black woman was singing about um, dark-skinned girls. And, mm-hmm. but, and But only singing about their, um, f- you know, just pretty skin and everything like that. Mm-hmm. And nothing about, you know, like with deleterious effects of uh, colorism. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the just straight up inequality uh, in the way that people treat dark skinned black women as opposed to light skinned black women. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, one one song can't, you know, solve any of that, but you know, it can it can address it. Mm-hmm. So, um, so the song ends up feeling kind of patronizing instead mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. uplifting to a lot of people, and you know that's a valid critique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, light skinned black women trying to make the song about them, trying to remix it, Ooh. is wild. That was a day. Um, I saw people talking about that on Twitter, and I noped right out of the app. Um, I can't deal girl. with it. And, um, but the whole thing, yeah, it, as wild as it is, and we could talk about that a lot, but if I feel like it's just a distraction from having a, a real discussion about colorism and about the way that people treat people differently. Like, um, you could be the most beautiful dark-skinned woman in the world. Yep. People are still going to treat you differently. Mm-hmm. And that may that may include housing opportunities. That may involve um, education or job opportunities. Like, things like that. That can really affect somebody's life. It's not just about, you know, whether people think you're pretty or um, want to date you. Or whatever it's about structural inequalities so that's the real discussion that needs to be had in that you know some people are are having on on social media um, but a lot of people would rather talk about this other shit yeah um because people love to talk around shit like I've said before instead of (laughs) um, getting into the heart of the matter which gets on my nerves but you know so um, all that to say is that we can say all that without tearing um, tearing uh, tearing people down Uh, because on the other hand I really don't want to be on I don't want to be piling up with the gang of people that love love to tear down Beyonce at every turn like yeah. you know there's there's times yeah. that it's valid and you know even though I know she didn't mean well I know I know she, she didn't do this with any malice in her heart it still comes yeah. off as kind of yeah. weird and patronizing and you know as much as I love yeah. Beyonce and I know Beyonce loves me <laughs> uh, I just wanted to say that yeah, yeah. You can't knock it out. Shout out also, shout out to her um, because 
you know, despite all the critiques that are valid, the album really does slap, and I'm glad she did it and not Donald Glover. Thank you. Ooh. <laughs> that, is, that is all I have to say at this time. I haven't heard anything good about Donald Glover as far as the singing goes. Because apparently, yeah, they do Can You Feel the Love Tonight, and he also does Hakuna Matata, and like, nope, nope. I have not heard one kind thing about it. <laughs> Can you imagine okay. if he had done it? The whole shit would sound like Vampire Weekend. I cannot. <laughs> I won't do it. I won't do it. Hmm. Beyonce okay. said, nah, I'm going to handle this. Because y'all should have called me for Black Panther soundtrack, but you didn't. <sighs> But the also, Black, Tem- I, I, yeah. Black, Black Panther two, holla at you, girl. Yeah. That's what she said. But with uh, this. but 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 I will also say because I I forget which which video it was, and it's got all a bunch of a bunch of uh, redheaded black people in it. Somebody was like, I don't know if she meaning to be petty about that, but I, I, you know what? I believe she is because the way she constantly likes to disrespect white people. And always kind of like giving the finger to them. I think she was totally being petty with that. Because you know, Hallie ha- Bailey is yes. is on that's her, her girl. That's her girl. Yes, that is her girl right there. And I believe yes. she that was totally a nod to that, and she was totally being petty. And I'm like, good for you. Yes, <laughs> good for I mean, you. One of her nicknames is Petty Yancey. She <laughs> does do that shit. I'm not even lying. I'm not even lying. No. No. Fans know she petty as shit. Yes. It's beautiful. <laughs> it is. It really is. I'm like, that is my kind of petty. If I had the means, that is my type of petty. She's like Mahershala. She don't give a fuck now. She does not. She is She is doing her own shit. She's like, y'all say what you want, but I'm on. I'm doing this stuff. I'm, I, I have a plan. I have intentions. These are what this is what I'm intending. These are the messages I'm intending to make. So, so yeah, so yeah, every part of that was intentional, and I'm just I, I'm glad she she did it and not the other dude because it would have been a hot ass mess. So that said, woman is vocab. <laughs> <laughs> So, today's woman is vocab word. Hey, colorism. Yeah. Color, colorism means discrimination and preference based on skin tone in a way that favors lighter skin tones over darker ones. For black people, this can also include prioritizing more Eurocentric features than Afrocentric ones within this hierarchy. Colorism does not only affect people of African descent, but is found throughout all races and ethnicities. Just want to point that out. Colorism is not simply a matter of preferential beauty standards, but also has wider systemic implications, such as lower income, higher prison sentences, and even erasure. Colorism. Thank you, and Lauren. It's like it's like we vibing. It's like we we here. We here. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yes. I feel like, yeah, colorism is not simply a matter of preferential beauty standards, but also has wider systemic implications, such as lower income, 
higher prison sentences, and even erasure. I just had to say that one more again. Okay. All right. Yes. See, I didn't even see this before. <laughs> I was talking my shit, but yes. Yes, and because yes, people yes, just because people <laughs> yes. listen, people think colorism is just I think light skinned girls are pretty. That's all they think colorism is. No. It's much deeper than that. Colorism y'all listen to dark skinned black women, then yes. maybe y'all wouldn't sound but, so foolish. But also it's like y'all there are Asian people who are darker than I am. And y'all don't know they exist. There are indigenous people who are darker than I am. And y'all don't know they, who they exist. That's why Yelitsa was such a big deal. Because you don't see indigenous women hurt with her skin tone. And she wasn't. she's not even that dark. But she's very, very, very freaking brown. And noticeably brown. And y'all don't, y'all don't see her. You know, Latinas and Latinx people. They usually look like Jennifer Lopez and Selma Hayek. Mm-hmm. The ones that you see, you don't see an what indigenous. Did, what did yes. Queen Gina Torres say? She said, "Yes, most people you like want your the, uh, Afro Latinas to look like Italian Italians, not like me." Mm-hmm. This that's that's the effect of colorism because y'all don't know that a whole lot of indigenous people, a whole lot of non-white people throughout the world, are very very dark. That's what the erasure is. So, yeah. Okay. I feel like we have a whole episode about this shit, but yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> it would it would definitely we'd have to take the squee out of the name because ain't nothing to squee about. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Black girl ranting and raving. Yeah, it'll be a whole catch the fade episode. So. So with that, we're going to go ahead and close the show. Again, you can find Black Girl Squeak on Twitter, Tumblr, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play. We have a Patreon, so if you want to uh, send us some folding money, go to patreon.com slash blackgirlsquee. Help us get some new equipment, mm-hmm. upgrade our audio, etc., etc. You can contact us um, at blackgirlsquee on Twitter. You can find Enda at Enda's Corner. Didi, um, that's me, at Dust Daughter. And you can email us at blackgirlsquee at gmail.com. If you find us on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review. Um, you can find us on Google Play Podcasts, or you can add us to your favorite podcatcher using our RSS feed. And you can find that in all of our episodes for all of our shows Get Her Into the Game, A Pitch Podcast, Ratchet Research, Mrs. From the Underground, and our upcoming show, Consolidating the Intangibles. You can find all of those at blackgirlsqueed.simplecast.com. So, until next time, bye. Bye.